Good morning, men. Good to have you this morning as we get ready to jump in and, and uh, go through our prayer series here. Oh, a couple of things, uh, a couple of announcements. If you didn't know, Jargo Johnson passed away Monday night and uh, into Tuesday morning. And uh, services, we don't really know yet. I meet with the family this afternoon at 3 o'clock. And uh, I know they're wanting to kind of keep it small and intimate right now. So uh, as we know, we'll put that out uh, via email. But uh, if you know anything about Jargo, he was just a faithful man that came here to Bravehearts every morning. I, or every Tuesday morning, one of the things that I really appreciated him, he wasn't afraid to invite others to come with him. And uh, uh, he loved this church. I mean, he just loved the men of it. And many of you knew Jargo. Probably most of you knew Jargo. Be in prayer for the Johnson family, and that's how I want to open this morning, is just by simply praying for them. Father God, I just thank you for a life well lived, a humble servant, uh, Father, a grandfather to so many. And Lord, we just pray that you would be with Sandy and the rest of the family and comfort them with your peace. We thank you for honoring us with his life. And what a great man of God uh, Jargo was. And, and Father, I thank you that... Uh, uh, Lord, we, we thank you that he lived his life loving you, and Father, the, the last few years got involved here in the church and did so much, and we're so grateful for him. Lord, we pray over this Bible study now as we prepare our hearts to hear your word spoken to us. Father, I pray that uh, you would teach us how to pray, that, that Lord, it is a learned behavior. It's a, it's a learned thing that we're seeking to do. So many of us feel like we knock on the door, and it's never answered. And so many of us feel like we seek and we don't find. And Father, we just pray that, that you would, through this message series and through our own personal commitment and love for you, that we would hear, Father, how to break through into the heavens. And Lord, that we would be men of God who do that very thing. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, men, as we jump in this morning, uh, if you weren't able to listen to last week's message or be here for last week's message, may have been um, one of the... Most fun messages I've taught on prayer along with um, a lot of revelation for me in that message on prayer. And so as we jump in this week, it was on the intimacy of prayer last week. This week I'm going to be talking about the importance of having a quiet place. You've got to designate a time where you're going to sit with the Heavenly Father to learn His will, to learn His ways, to learn His voice. See, when is the last time you went down in your pickup truck without the radio on? Now, for some of you, being older, you don't have to listen to the radio. And for a lot of you, your radios don't work in your truck anyway. I see what you drive, right? Bunch of Chevy. Anyway, when is the last time you turned your cell phone off? Think about this for just a minute. When is the last time that you turned your cell phone off? Yeah, go back and pray. When is the last time you were simply quiet before the Lord? And I think it's important for us to, to answer these questions. Our culture today doesn't know what it means to be still and know that I am God. You know, that's what the Lord says, be still, and then you know that I am God. It's so noisy, and it's really noisy, and guess what? With more people, more technology, more voices, it's only getting, it's not getting any quieter, it's only getting noisier. Most of us have tried everything to get into God's place, wherever that is. Some of us think that prayer is noise. So if God is not answering, that we simply need to turn up the volume. He simply can't hear me. But what if it's not the volume, but the connection? You ever think of your cell phone? So your cell phone, what happened? I had this happen to me um, last night. I called a woman in the church and said, hey, I need you to be 
uh, ready. I, you know, we, we're probably going to have another service coming up. And I was telling her, you know, we'll probably provide a meal, this type of thing. And, and so I was talking to her, and she had a bad connection. So what do we do? We start yelling at each other. That doesn't help. It's the connection. It's not the volume, right? Now, sometimes we're that way with God. Sometimes we feel like, hey, God, you're not hearing me. And so we're going to stand and stand firm. So we're going to yell. We're going to make our declaration, a declarative prayer. We're going we're to enforce it and that type of thing. And we still don't get a breakthrough. See, I, I believe this. If it's not noisy, then what's happened is it's become very fast. Life is a fast pace. I live at a fast pace. It's I'm meeting with a family this afternoon, and they were saying, when, when can you get together? I said, well, let's see. I get to the church around 6.15 tomorrow morning. I'll be done at 7.30, but at 7.30, I have an intern meeting. At 8.30, I have a pastor's meeting. At 10 o'clock, from 10 to 12, uh, we have staff meeting. Um, at 12, I have a lunch appointment till 1.30, so anything after 1.30. <laughs> and they were like, geez, we didn't know life was that fast for a pastor. I don't know that it's supposed to be. See, here's the truth. If it's not noisy, then what happens, it tends to speed up. We want it quick. We live in a time when the internet goes to the satellite in the sky and right back to us, and we're trying to get it faster and faster and faster. How many of you remember when there were 14.4 modems? Remember that? I remember I was trying to take classes at Asbury Theological, and, and I would lose papers because it was so slow. But you forget, it's going way up there and coming all the way back down here, and we expect to get it like that, right? It's never fast enough. And if God is in the heavens, he should be able to answer just as fast as our computers who are going to the heavens. And the truth is, he can. The scripture says that he knows our prayers even before we ask them. But the rush and the busyness of life will cause us to miss the most important voice in our lives, man, if we're not careful. So as we jump in, look, when Moses heard the voice calling him from the burning bush, he didn't say, hang on, let me send this text out real quick. I'm going to guess it was pretty quiet as Moses was in the desert watching his sheep. When David returned from Ziklag and, and his army turned on him and they wanted to kill him, he didn't say, hang on, let me first post this on Facebook so everyone can see the devastation. And when Jesus withdrew himself to pray, he didn't tell his disciples, you can use my messenger account if you need to get in touch with me in case it's an emergency. Right? See, we have so many more distractions today, men. Life is noisy, and if we're going to learn to pray, there are a couple of things you must learn. And I'm about to speak to you though about those this morning. The first one you've got to learn is silence. The word silence. Now you say, well, that's just, that's just simple, Curtis. I know what silence is. I get the silent treatment at home all the time. Man, my wife hadn't talked to me in three weeks. That's not silence. All right, silence is this, a discipline to put away distractions. That tells me that I have the power to silence the world around me. You have the power to silence the world around you. And you must have discipline in order to make this happen. And we were just talking about First uh, Timothy a while ago and, and uh, how we have to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. You know, First Timothy 4 and, or First Timothy 3. It's, it's right in there somewhere. First Timothy 3, 16, I think. But anyway, it takes discipline to silence the world around you. You know, one of the things I noticed about my children is they have a hard time sitting in the car without something on. I mean, they just can't hardly do it. If you have children today and they get in your vehicle, they want your phone or they want an iPad or they want your computer or they want that thing that flips down. We don't have it in our car. But, you know, they, they want to watch a video. 
they, 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 they don't know what it is to look out the window anymore. Our, our deal was sometimes we go on vacation and you did what? You, you looked at how many license plates from different states and, you know, you might get paid a nickel. I don't know what your dad paid you, but it's funny, I only found Texas, but that's because we didn't leave the state of Texas much. But see, it takes discipline in order to silence the world around you. And you've got to teach your kids what it means to be silent. You know, over the past um, several months, we've really taken time to just turn TV off. Matter of fact, I just do away with the TV nowadays. I hate noise in my house. Part of it's my hearing. The more noise there is, the less I, I hear and understand, right? The second thing I would say is this is very important, stillness. And silence and stillness are not the same things. Silence and stillness are not the same thing. Silence takes discipline. Stillness, on the other hand, is not so much discipline as it is quieting the soul. Because when the noise stops, sometimes we're moving at such a fast pace that we keep going. How many times do you sit there in a quiet place and go, man, I cannot focus? How in the world am I supposed to pray when I keep thinking about what I got to get done at work today? And then you think about, oh, yeah, I didn't call this person. So you make a little note over there. When I get done with my prayer time, I got to call this person. And then you think, oh, yeah, well, jeez, man, I, I've really got to speed this prayer up because I've got this, this, and this. Last week I told you a story about Martin Luther and how Martin Luther um, said, I've got so much to do today, I've got to take an extra hour to pray. Right? We tend to, to look different, differently at statements like that today. We say we've got so much to do, we can't be still. And it's so hard to still ourselves, but it's in the stillness where our soul becomes quietened. Some can silence for a short time, but never get to the stillness of the moment. You see, public power is revealed through private prayer. Think about this for a minute. Public power is revealed through private prayer. And when I, when, I, when I want to be a powerful man, I know I've got to sit in front of the Lord and still my soul. And it's important that we hear, that we hear from God and what He has for us. Not too many weeks ago, I, I got a phone call from a woman that was in distress over her child, over her daughter. And her daughter was about 12 years old or 9 years old. And anyway, I, I really didn't have time for it. But I'd been in prayer that morning and I documented a couple things that I thought the Lord had told me. And I felt like I was going to get a phone call that day. So I had the opportunity to actually drive over there and, and pray for this little girl. She hadn't had a bowel movement in 28 days. And so she was about to go into the hospital and all this. And, and uh, they were going to take her in that afternoon. I said, look, uh, before you take her in, she's going to go to the bathroom. And I said, uh, she's going to go a lot. And you need to call me when it happens. Now, that's a crazy story. But I just, I could feel as I was praying over her that God was hearing her mother's prayer and she was hearing this little girl's prayer. And I knew from sitting with God that morning that he wanted to do something that day. You see, public power is revealed in private prayer. The mother called me that afternoon and said she blew the toilet plumb up. I said, thank you. That's probably the best phone call I've had in two months, right? But it's in the still places when we finally still our souls that we can actually hear and connect with God. So we've been looking at the, at the Lord's Prayer over the last couple of months, and, or over the last month anyway, and Matthew 6, 5 says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father, and remember that term Father, that just shook the ground because they were like, wait a minute, we can't even name God, and now you're telling me He's our Father. I mean, this is relationship. 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And if you didn't hear last week's message, um, that I talk about that daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses. This is where we are today. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. So here's the thing, in order for intimacy to happen with our Heavenly Father, we must discipline ourselves to walk with Him and to hear His voice. Men, just as children learn to roll over, crawl, and walk, prayer is learned as well. The disciples said, teach me to pray. And just before this, in Matthew 6, 5, Jesus says, and when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, verse 6, go into your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, the hypocrites, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the religious scribes, you know, they love to find themselves outside of the streets of Jerusalem. And and it was kind of like a city square and the streets would actually narrow, the alleyways narrowed before they got into the city square. So they would get to the narrow points of the street with the phylacteries on their forehead. And they would charge you when you came through uh, for a prayer. It was very beneficial financially for them to do this. And he says, hey, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, you go into an inner room, into a quiet place. You discipline yourself, cut everything off, silence And then be still. Be still. I've got something for you. See, it takes discipline to silence the noise. But as you wait in secret, your heavenly Father, the Spirit himself, intercedes for us. Of course, that's coming out of Romans. And begins to show us our trespasses, our temptations, and the way to be delivered from evil. Now, so here we are. It's in that quiet place. You see, most of the time your enemies are simply that. They're what? Your enemies. I don't like him. I don't like her. Did you know this happened? Did you, and all this other stuff, and we keep them right there at that level. But here's the cool thing. When we get to the Lord's prayer, and when he says, uh, forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, lead us not into temptation. Well, our trespasses, we don't even know who we've trespassed against half the time. But when you get in that quiet place, and you become still, God gives you that revelation. Oh, my goodness. Really, I didn't know that they were hurting. You know, everybody has a journey in life, and everybody's journey is different. And because they're not the same, that means people are going through different problems at different times and different seasons of their life, and you may not have known that you trespassed them, that you hurt them in how you treated them or didn't treat them or didn't call or that. But I believe it's in that, that stillness time where God begins to reveal those things to us. Lead us not into temptation, Well, it's a great place when we're sitting with our father. How many of our fathers let us into, well, don't raise your hand because some of you dads I know said jump in the truck with me and have a chew, you know, but I'm talking about different kind of temptation, right? But when we sit with our heavenly father in our quiet place, he begins to reveal things to us and he'll reveal the temptations that we have and we have an opportunity to repent. And we have an opportunity to say, Lord, strengthen me. And we have an opportunity to learn to pray through that and pray over that because of his strength that's interceding us. Deliver us from evil. You know, a lot of times it's in that quiet place where he'll deliver us from evil, where he'll show you a different way. 
where he'll speak to your spirit, he'll speak to your soul and show you a different way. How many of us have, have prayed <coughs> before we got married, Lord, provide me uh, a wife, provide me the one I'm supposed to be with for the rest of my life. Young men, listen, this is very important. You need to sit with the Lord and be quiet and hear his voice because one, he might show you your temptation. And you may be saying, wow, she's fine, but she might be the devil. And the other thing is, he will deliver you from evil. He'll give you words. He'll give you what you need to know in order to move forward or to step three or to take three steps back. Silence in, in this place moves us on to stillness. And it's in stillness where we learn to pray for our enemies and we pray for those who persecute us. It's in the stillness where revelation is born. And this is a very important statement. When we get still before the Lord, that's where revelation is born. Now, I can tell you even just, just sitting in here when all this faced this way and everything, and, and Brett and I had, had talked about our plans and how we wanted to change this room and get it from seating 160 people up to uh, 325, and the miracle on South Bonham Street happened. Well, as we, as we sat in here, there, and, and I can remember sitting, sitting right over here in a pew and just praying and saying, Lord, show me. Just show me. i got to be able to see it. And once you start to see it, then here's the cool thing. God gives you more and more revelation. And revelation is born. Insights for life, insights for future. And prayer becomes natural as the Holy Spirit begins to intercede and bring things to light. The Apostle Paul stated in Romans 8, 26, in the same way the Spirit... The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do, not, we do not know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with words such as groaning. He who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So when we take time, look, when we discipline ourselves to shut out the noise of the world and we have a designated place where we sit down and we become quiet before the Lord, He's going to bring us revelation. And all of us need revelation. There's not a man in here that's not going through something in his life right now. Many of you men know, jeez, uh, I need revelation. I need revelation. And your Heavenly Father's saying, I've got it. I want you to see it. So how are we praying? We are to pray in accordance with the will of God. And the only way you can pray in accordance with with your heavenly father is to be with him to learn him and to learn his ways so you must remember silence and stillness go together it takes silence in order to move to stillness and it's in the stillness that we pray in accordance with god's will that's where it's found so let me put this into uh, a point men first learn to designate a place of prayer now, you may have something already that you go. I've got, I've got two or three different places where I like to go and, and pray. I have an office at home. Um, Allison has the closet. Um, it's not a big closet. I mean, she's just like stacked up in there with everything around her, but that's where she likes to go. I go to, to my office at home. Uh, have an office downstairs in the basements. Helped me a lot. But you've got to, to designate a place where you can cut out all the noise. One of my favorite stories in Scripture, a matter of fact, may be my favorite message I've ever taught. It comes out of John chapter 1, verse 43. It says, The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Philip, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael 
and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can any good thing come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said, he said to him, Here is a true Israelite in whom there is no guile. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now look at how he answers. Nathanael then answered, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. So uh, look, what was taking place here, if you've not heard me teach this before, what was taking place here is that Philip had met Jesus, and he goes and finds his friend, great evangelist, and says, hey, you need to come with me and check out this man. This is the one who Moses wrote about. He's here. And he goes, well, where is he from? He's from Nazareth. Well, Nazareth was right downtown, so, so, or right, right, uh, uh, right down the road. And, and this, is, this is an interesting statement here. He says, uh, can anything good come from Nazareth? See, he wasn't looking for the Messiah to come from the neighboring town. The year before, Nazareth had beat Bethsaida in sand darts for the state championship. So he was not looking. Y'all didn't get that. Look. I pastored in Happy Texas, right? And we said that all the time. Can any good thing come from Nazareth? He wasn't looking for the Messiah to come from right down the road. But here's the cool thing. Jesus, as Nathaniel's approaching him, he says, Behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile. And he says, How do you know me? And he says, Before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I saw you. Something happened at the fig tree. And I've shared this before. The fig tree was a quiet, it was a silent place. Because the people lived in dwellings, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, parents, brothers, and sisters, they would plant these fig trees out in front of the dwelling places, and it was a place where they could grab a snack at times, but also if a man was under the fig tree, he was to be left alone. It was his quiet place where he sought the Lord. So now when you kind of know what that fig tree stands for, it made sense when Jesus said, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, guess what? The one you were praying for now stands in your midst. The quiet place that you designated for me, I was always there. See, this is why Nathaniel responds to Jesus' statement, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. In his silence, when his spirit was still, he knew his God. And now the God he prayed, he prayed to, stood in his midst, an incredible revelation. He also had to learn to be still, so designate a place and men learn to be still. It's hard to keep our minds from running. I carry a task list with me everywhere I go. I've got reminders on my phone today that are going to bing, 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 bing. I've got to designate a place to hear from God, and I've got to learn to be still. Until you know that it is God, let me see. Let me say it this way. Sometimes, you will be there to pray to God in that, in that place. By being still, you're going to pray to God. And sometimes there are going to be times that you have to pray through some things in your life. So you pray to and you pray through. And God gives you revelation in that place. God is faithful to meet us there. The one that's not faithful is usually us. We don't choose to meet Him there. All forms of prayer happen in this place and in this state. It's powerful. And our spirit connects to his spirit. I don't have this in my notes, but I'll take just a moment of liberty. In John chapter 1, uh, 
with, with this story. It's an incredible story. But if you move on to John chapter 4, you'll see where there's a woman at the well. And he said, and they have this conversation, right? And you know the story. She's been married five times. The one she now lives with is not her husband. You, you know, if you've been around Scripture long, you've heard it preached on. But he uses, there's a context that's used there. He says these people will, that, that one day will worship in spirit and in truth. And, and it's interesting because there's a play on spirit there. One of the times he's talking about her spirit and it's not capitalized. The other time he's talking about his spirit and it is capitalized. And what he's saying is the spiritual man, the Holy Spirit inside of you, is going to connect with God the Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And so, so it identified with her. And it's the same thing that happens here in John. He knew that, wow, my spirit has connected with this man that's standing before me before. And the same promise is there for us men. But we have to designate a quiet place. I do believe that's very important. All right? You've got to learn what it is to silence the world around you. And you've got to be still. You've just got to, and that's tough to do. I know if you're a doer, it is tough. To, my hardest thing I tell people sometimes the most difficult thing I do is pray. It's the truth, and I'm a preacher, <laughs> but I've got to sit down and cut everything off and say, Lord, I've got to hear you on this. I need, I, I'm, I'm praying too, but I also need a breakthrough in some areas of my life. So, Lord, show me how it's going to happen. Show me. And he's faithful. So learn to discipline yourself for silence, and in your silence look for stillness. And it's there you will find God. You will find God. I had here to end with a song, Quiet Place, but I couldn't get the, uh, I, I, I couldn't get it to transfer um, last night off my old computer, so I apologize to you, but maybe we'll listen to that next week. Let's pray, and then you've got some questions to go over in front of you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for this Bible study. Father, truly you are, or Jesus, truly you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Father, we want to hear your voice. We want to have revelation. We want to be men of prayer. We want to be men of power. And, and Father, what we do in private makes us powerful in public. However, Jesus, you're not looking for us to receive the glory or the credit of any of that. You want that credit. And so, Father, I just pray that, that Lord, we would be vessels of prayer, that our eyes would be open to the people around us, that we would know those whom we trespassed. Father, that you would teach us to have forgiving hearts as, as you have forgiven us. Lord, that uh, we would be, be men who would be delivered from evil that we would, we would see our temptations before they ever happen. And, Father, we would be fortified to walk through them and find the way of escape. Lord, we bless you and we thank you for one another this morning. We thank you for your church. In Jesus' name, amen.